at me and said, I'm so ecstatic that you guys are here this morning. I'm so thankful that we are able to come into the house of the Lord this morning and where we get to just exalt his name. I'm thankful that we get to come and hear the word that he's given us for us to have a little bit of, a, of something to get us through this week. Because, like I said earlier, I turned on the news this week and it's been a crazy roller coaster of emotions all over the place. Have you guys watched the news this week? Have you heard the news of anything going on in the world today? The war in Russia, or the Russian war in Ukraine is still going. There's gun violence in the streets. Apparently, our House of Legislation, uh, the re- representatives, the Senate, sent a gun bill to the president to try to stifle some of the uh, gun violence around here. And also, we heard that, that the final ruling of Roe versus Wade is come down from the Supreme Court. And they said that the government should not be the one that's in charge, but that the state should decide. Let the electors decide about what abortion should be done. So right there, I'm just going to say there's just a lot of ups and downs going on. And I'm not going to tell you to take one side or the other. All I'm going to tell you is that this world needs to hear a little truth and a little hope in our lives this morning. Can I get an amen? You see... One of the things that the Lord's been speaking to me this week and in all aspects of my life, and I, and I keep asking God, God, can you just give me a little wisdom to impart that gets me a little excited that I don't have to go through all week long to try to connect with him and, and try to understand. I'm like, God, can I just get a little easy, little uh, connection with you real quick so I can just breathe and relax? And it never seems to happen that way. Let me tell you right now, when God speaks a word, there's a lot more depth in any word that he says than I could say. I could say hi, and my wife can look at me and go, why did you say hi? What, what, what's your intention? What is this and what is that? And I'm like, God, is that how it is with you when you speak to me? I have to go and decipher everything that's going on? And he says, yes, you do have to decipher because there's greater meanings in this life and in this word that we get to open up and, and, and just ingest into our lives that has the power to give us a fruit in our spirits to allow us to actually walk more upright and have strength. But we have to dig into it. And I'm, there are days, I'm going to be honest, that I'm exhausted and I'm like, God, please, just give me a little nugget. And he says, no. You're going to go into it. And then this week, nonetheless, he did the same thing. He says, I want you to tell them about relationships. And I said, God, relationships? Really? What is this about? And he kept speaking to me. He says, no, you need to talk about relationships. And I'm like, but most of the people in the church have been married for five billion years. Most of these people know what a relationship is. I know we got some younger people in the church that are still figuring out what a marriage is, what a relationship is. But he says, no, I want you to talk about relationships. And I said, okay, God, I I guess I got to talk about relationships. Okay, you got to tell me what it is. And he says, I want you to talk about real relationships. And I'm like, God, really? A real relationship? Can you make it any like some big neon sign of what exactly I'm going to say? And then as he was ministering to my spirit, and as I was opening the words, and he was exposing the things that he needed me to say, it just comes into a connection because we live in a world that doesn't have a great connection. Yeah, I have internet. Yes, I can connect to Google, and I can find out anything I want to know in about 2.5 seconds when I hit the send button. 
Praise God, it's not like when I was growing up where I had to wait for the phone to go, and then finally connect, and I get, you got mail, and I'd be like, okay, I'm on the internet. And then finally, the internet would load about 25 minutes later, and I'd finally figure out what I was looking for. I know. Most of you guys are so older, you know what I'm talking about. But anybody that's watching this later down the road, they're going to be going, what is he talking about? But the truth is, I mean, we live in a connected time, but we're so disconnected. But what God was really trying to get me to, to kind of not go on this long rabbit hole of a thing was something that he was just exposing. Because we live in a time that I would classify as one of the most scariest times that we could ever live. We live in a time where we can see hope, even in the scary times, though. Let me say that again. We live in a very scary time, but we can still see hope, even in these moments. You see, we are looking for in every direction to try to figure out what we want to try to figure out. Let me ask you a question real quick. If you were driving down the road, what is the thing that's going to get your attention? A cop. Okay, you see those, those lights? You know, Steve, you got to hit that brake because you're going way too fast. You don't want him to get those little flashy lights in the background. What about when you're driving around the road and all of a sudden you see a car on its side and you're like, how in the world did that just happen? Let me tell you, since living up in this area, I've seen seven cars on their sides. And I'm still trying to figure out how you get a car on its side. I mean, I know I was able to do it a little bit with getting it on two wheels when I was stupid enough and young enough to even think I could get a car to stay on that. But it's scary. But what I'm trying to get at is car wrecks. When you see a car wreck, I love watching car wrecks because I get to study people. Because you get to see who's the nosy ones and who's the ones that are so self-occupied that they don't even take anything into account. Because everybody, all of a sudden there's a car wreck Everybody's going two mile an hour going, wow. But it's something that gets their attentions. Just like the police officers get your attention, Brother Steve. Luckily, we don't have any police officers in here. Otherwise, they'd be watching after you like a hawk. What about seeing things that you haven't seen in a while? I'll be honest, when I, when I went through the stores years ago and they rebranded the Furby with this digital eyes and stuff, I was like, man, they brought back Furbies. This is awesome. Or better yet, the kids start watching some TV shows, and I'm like, wait, I watched that when I was a kid, but this doesn't look like what I did, and it gets your attention. What about seeing somebody that you know but you want to avoid at all costs? So you see them, you're keeping your eye on them, so you can just stay further, further, further apart you can get from them. You know what I'm talking about. There's some people in this world, I'm looking at them, I'm like, okay, I don't want to touch them, and I'm going to stay, okay. Five aisles that way, okay, we're good. That gets your attention. What about seeing the, the solar eclipse? Who else, who loves to go out and watch solar eclipses? I got one hand, two hand, three. I got a head nod, there we go. We're, you guys are a lively group this morning. I know we're tired. I know I'm tired. I woke up this morning. I didn't want to get up, but I'm like, honey, it's time. I got to get to church. I got to get X, Y, Z done. The kids got to get dressed. Oh, Lord, what's it? Yeah, anyway, but what I'm trying to say is we seek things that don't make sense in our minds and, and we, 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 or that we're trying to overcome, and, and we, we have this great imagination that can run all over the place. When we see things that we don't understand, our imagination often kicks in. 
Like when the car flips on its sides. I'm imagining it's fast and the furious all over again. Or, or, or better yet, if I see a person that I don't want to know, I'm, I'm imagining these horrible conversations that I'm going to get dragged in the second they make eye contact with me. So I'm doing everything I can do to get not connected. Am I the only one in this place that does that? Praise God I'm not crazy. But what I'm saying is our imagination will kick in. Just like the, the solar eclipse is going on. We're like, is the sun going to come back out when it's over? Just like when a comet streets through the skies, you're like, is it really going to hit the earth? Or is it going to go by us? Or is it going to burn up in the atmosphere? See, our imaginations can run wild. But what I love about God and what I, what I see are things that can come around out of nowhere that can get our attention. You see, God's Bible, the whole word, is always showing us that God can get our attention in some randomly weird places. You ever had a moment where you're like, okay, how did God get this person's attention? And he's like, well, tell them to build a boat. God, I'm supposed to build a boat. Yes, no, you're supposed to build a boat. But what's a boat, God? And he's like, no, I want you to build a boat. And, and he's going to explain it. And Noah's going, but what's a boat? And it gets his attention, and it starts getting him to get engaged in a way and a sense of it. But what God showed me this week was out of Exodus chapter three, verses one, or, or, verse, or chapter three, verses four through uh, one through four. If I could speak this morning, Lord, get me out of the way. Now Moses was tending to the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, and the priest of Midian, and he led the flock out into the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see the great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called out to him in the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. Lord, just get me out of the way. Just take this sermon, Lord, and have it your way, Lord. You know how many pages of notes I have. You know where it needs to go, Lord. You know the time that we have. But God, let it be something that will impart what you need us to have, Lord, in our lives to empower us in this day and in this moment. Lord, just touch us in Jesus' name. You see, what I found interesting is in the world issues that we struggle with is that we struggle to understand relationships that, that are in our lives, and we don't comprehend it. It's because we're looking all over the place to find things that get our attention that makes us want to desire something. It's like the TV commercials I grew up with. I desired to watch the TV show, but then all of a sudden they put a commercial up there, and I'm like, I gotta have that. Mom, I need this kind of cereal because it's the best. What about Today. Every time I watch a TV show, they're like, you got to go get this new Ford truck. It's awesome. It's got all these things. It drives for you and everything. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Everything's trying to get our attention and trying to distract us in all these different aspects. But what God is trying to do is to get us to understand that our relationships have to have a thing called focus in them. A real relationship, something that will root it and ground it to where we can have this purpose. It's kind of like high school dating. You ready? I know most of you have not been in high school in years, and you're like, oh, Lord, let me get my little cobwebs out of my brain cell here, and let me get focused on it. But like in high school dating, we know that the things that we look for in this person that we want to date 
are often these really, really trivial stuff. Like, you're looking for somebody that will give you all the attention that you could ever want. Oh, he looked at me. Oh, I feel butterflies. It's special. Yes. What about someone that desires the physical physique? Oh, you know, the ladies, they're like, oh, he's got muscles for days. It's so perfect. What about when you're looking for someone that will just make you laugh? You know, those people that can just make you laugh whenever, and you're like, oh, that's the perfect person. Where ladies, you always want somebody to sweep you off your feet. Those are the things that we would look for in high school, but what we realized when we got into the adult world is those things don't always equate to great relationships. They're not always the perfect part of what's going on. That is because in high school, you're not an adult. You're still learning the ropes. You're still learning every aspect. This is what it, it's meant to become. It's a place where we learn and grow. But what I'm getting at is that we need to live our lives looking for relationships that will have meaning and definitions that, that we individually are not just looking to assign, but we need to start looking for things that will actually edify who we are and grow us to be greater than what we are. It's like my wife. I love my wife. I married my wife, and she knows why I married my wife, because one day God said, you're going to marry this woman. And I said, okay, God, you're crazy. And when he says, no, you're going to marry her, I said, okay, God, I guess it'll have to happen in your time, and you're going to have to force me to do it. He didn't force me to do it. I love my wife, and I'm thankful for her every single day and every moment. Every day I look at her, I say, honey, you're beautiful. And I'm thankful because you make me better than what I once was. But I'm even more thankful because you are the gift that God gave me. Butter points for me, right? (laughs) Honey, if you skip to that part, I'm sorry. But what is a relationship? See, that's the thing that God has gotten me so torn up about. What is a relationship? And then God said, okay, I want you to look at the word relationship. And I said, okay, God, relationship. It's self-explanatory, right? And he says, no. We have these ideas and these understandings that words have different things in it. It's like relationship is actually a classification of, of, of to relate. It's, it's a definition that goes on because, you know, words just keep jarbling together and you can do it. Ask Paul. He made some really crazy words in the Greek and he made them into what we know and study right now as the Bible. But what God was saying was, I want you to look at relationship and break it apart. I said, okay, God, and you'll see on the screen it says re dash relation-ship. And I'm like, God, is that what you mean? He says, yeah, I want you to look at that. And I said, okay, God, what is it that you want me to look at? He says, I want you to look at lation. I said, lation? You mean lotion? He says, no, not lotion, lation. And I said, okay, let me get out my Google. And I started Googling, and I'm like, what in the world is God trying to get me to go towards? You ready for this? Do you know what lotion, or lation means? Okay. Here it is. It means a motion of a celestial object from one place to another. I saw that, and I was dumbfounded. I hear a little of excitement going on. I saw that, and I was like, God, relation is what? I said, why is that an award for relationship? Why is that part of what you're trying to get me to understand? And he says, you've got to understand. Relationships have power in it, and you have to put a focus on something that the church needs to hear today. You see, our lives are full of cosmic things that happen all around us that drive us. 
If you look at where we're at today, where I'm standing at and where you're standing at, there's a commonality that's in that. That's a cosmic commonality. You ready for this? Where we're at right now, if you're sitting there and I'm standing here, guess what? You're still traveling 1,000 miles per hour around the sun as it spins on its axis. Atop that, you're traveling another 670 million miles per hour around the sun. Top that off, we're traveling another 400 and, uh, 490 million miles per hour around the galaxy on top of that. There's a cosmic connection in what we're going through. And we look around in the world and we see so much dif- disconnection. We see so much not connected ability. We always look at what people are finding and they struggle because they're not understanding the cosmicality of our relationships. We're connected in so many ways, in so many facets, and it is crazy that we just do not even put a focus on it. But we have to understand that we have this motion all around us that, that is the thing that drives us, that brings us a true connection. You think it was an accident when God created the heavens and the earth that he put earth in motion? Do you think it was crazy commonality that God would all of a sudden say, spin earth and it spun? That he would say, move around the sun, and it'll move around the sun and give us everything we have. Better yet, crook it at a certain tilt and bring it to where we could have seasons and, and enjoy different parts of this world. No, but what we find is we're still struggling in all of our humanity to find something that connects us. Too many people are looking at my race as the thing that will define me. My gender, or my ideal, I, what I am gender. My ideals will define me. My political stances will find me or define me. And the list could go on and on. But what I find interesting is that the motion that we are taking is something that will connect us into a relationship because of the understanding that is unlikely that the cosmics were put in place to bring that to us. What I'm getting at is in our daily lives, it's not about going all in this diff- these different directions that we're doing. But God put us on this earth so that we're going in the same direction around the sun and the same direction through the entire universe where we have this hope to bring one thing into us, to allow us to have a relationship of hope. Amos 3 and 3 says, do two walk together unless they agree to do so? Do two walk together unless they agree to do so? You see, we don't have to agree to go around the earth outside of that we're on the earth. But we live in a world that's so disconnected because everybody's going after their own pursuits. It's like the Roe versus Wade stuff that's going on. I turned it on. One side of the the protest crowd is pro-choice. The other side of the crowd is pro-life. And they don't understand that there's a connection in there that they have to drive home into their lives, that they're not so indifferent. They have different ideas, but there has to be a hope that there will be a connection yet again, a relationship that's restored, not on the truth of what we think is right, but on the truth of what God says is right. See, Moses was the same guy looking around all of uh, like us all today. You see, Moses knew the truth that God was asking him to do some crazy stuff in the world around him. Let me tell you right now, God's going to ask you to do some crazy stuff. But what he's saying is we can get ahead of ourselves and get two steps ahead of ourselves if we're not putting a focus on God. 
You see, Moses had a clue of the truth, and he acted in advance, and he saw the Egyptian whipping the Israelites, and he rose up and killed the Egyptians. The, the Israelites that he saved, they looked at Moses and says, oh no, you've given us more trouble than you'd ever have. And it caused Moses to run off into the, de- the wilderness. It caused him to live in exile, more or less, from all of that he knew, but yet he found hope, and even in the unlikely places. Many of us will go into groups and instantly belong. And we'll desire to have this acceptance in, in all these aspects. Let me tell you right now, acceptance this is always the greatest thing in the world. People will find you and try to use you in those aspects. But what Moses did, when he saw the kin were, act, were acting like they were, the problem is that they were, out, were not like what we see today. The problem is like what we see today. So many of us want to get up and declare truth. But yet we don't realize we cause harm. You see, church, I've, I've struggled for years. Do I preach a message that's going to chastise somebody and tear them down and berate them and cause them to get hard because that's what the Bible says? There's truths in the word that says that all the sinners need to get saved, and i got to tell them all about it, but there's a tactful way of doing it. See, Moses got a disconnection in those aspects. He got ahead of himself, and that caused him to get an issue, and it caused there to be an indifference, and it caused there to be a struggling in there because of what was going on. Relationships have power. Relationships have keys. You, you see, we have people getting up preaching about revelation and, and people are getting up and talking about the anti-prophecy, but people are not really ready to hear it because they're not understanding the nature and the truth of what God is trying to expose in all of humanity. That relationships have power. But what we can find in this is that Jesus died on the cross. And when he said it was finished, those end time prophecies, we know are going to come through and come fulfilled and be finished. And we know that when all this is over and this life is just a memory, that we're going to get to exalt God and the heavenly new earth. And we're going to get to praise him. And we're not going to have to deal with sin. We're not going to have to deal with struggle. We're not going to have to deal with hurt anymore. We know those things. But there's a struggle within this world that doesn't want to hear this. There's so much greater, but the world doesn't want to hear it because they don't want to have this transformation. You see, the problem of the church is we get people in here to hear the message and we hope that it's great and we don't ever equip them with the tools. We don't equip them with the tools. The hardships that we live in our lives is the fact that this is the very word of God. Written down, inspired through the Holy Spirit to give us our futures, to give us hope, to give us direction, to give us everything that we can understand of truth of who God is so that we would know what sin is and what not sin is. But we have to put our hope in it. We have to put our truth in it. You see, too much of us keep going, what is it going to take for me to listen to God's truth? What are you, what is it going to take for me to listen to God's truth? Man, I wish I had a seat just to sit down and just kind of just get down and mellow with you guys. What is it going to take for us to get to really want to accept God's truths? 
It's a hardship. It's a struggle. The world's going, I don't want to accept God's truth because then it makes me feel less valuable. I don't want to accept God's truth because then all of a sudden that my ideas that are great are going to get told that they're really low because they're not going to equate to who God is. I was having a conversation with my daughter, Julia, and she's like, Dad, what does it mean to do this for Christianity? Why do other Christian or why do other versions of Christianity have all these different thoughts? And I says, it's because we're all trying to figure out who God is. We're trying to all understand who God is, but what we're realizing is that we don't understand who God is because it says in the Word that His ways are higher than our ways and His thoughts are not like our thoughts. We have to hold on to truths in those aspects and understand that the relationships that we have have to have a power within them and a truth that is within them. That is why when God spoke this word relationship within me, I found myself struggling. Because I've heard in the church, it's not a relationship, or not a religion, it's a relationship. And yes, it's true. Relationships have portions of it that have sacrifices within them. But what's it going to take to get the truth? What is it going to take to get to get us to truly connect with it? What is it going to take that we could say, God, I'll take your truth and I'll they'll run with it? Let me tell you right now that the National Atmospheric Association, NOAA, as I think this is called, they put out an image that I found so fascinating this week. And in it, it said, there's proof that God exists. Because they couldn't understand or, or, or do it. They found an image of clouds that spelled out God in them. You know, people have told me, I'll believe in God if I can turn over and have like a Woody experience where, you know, the toy that had his name Andy on it that claimed who he was. They said, if I could go find a rock and it says made by God, then I'll believe in God. Let me tell you right now, God has got his hand on every aspect of it, and he's trying to show us what relationships are and the power that goes within them, but we have to find our rooting and our source within it. It's not about having our ideas of perfection come through it that proves God. No, it's our idea that we, our faith will show us who God is. You see, Moses had to deal with the answer. Was I going to walk in the emotionality of my relationship or the irrational version of my relationship? Am I going to go with God? I'm going to follow you all of my days as long as I'm happy. You know, those people that want to serve God, oh, God is so good. He gave me my bank account. I got everything going on. It's perfect. Ah, oh, God is so good. And the second the storm hits, God doesn't exist. That's not what we're called to live off of. That's why we have people that come into the church that say, I will only go to church if it goes and it meets these four things in my box. If it doesn't meet those, I'll go find another church. And they keep going to all the different churches, realizing that those four things that they have on their box are never going to get checked. And then they go, why is this not working? Because they're not finding it, because they're looking for the emotional experience. I'm sorry. We need to start pursuing after the relational experience. The one that has a rational sense into it. The emotional will drive us, but the rational will give us truth in our lives. We need to look for the lation of our lives. We need to look for the lation that lets us know that we're moving in the right direction. 
But we have to find it. You see, we can't change until we get something that moves within us. Have you ever met someone that's willing to change on a dime? Have you ever met somebody that's willing to change with nothing at all in front of them that says they have to change? I'm going to be honest with you. I got on the bathroom scale and I looked at Melissa and I said, Honey, i got to change something because this is not going to keep going this way. I've gotten to a point where I've had people that have smoked for years and all of a sudden they're like, I'm never going to quit smoking. And then all of a sudden they can't breathe and they're like, i got to quit smoking. Better yet... People that are drinking, oh, I don't want to quit drinking until they get into a wreck and they realize that that's not all it's caught up to be. See, there's things that have to take place to cause us to want to change. And what I feel that God is trying to tell us is, is that, that we can have that if we would pursue after that. You see, the truth is we don't want relationships until it is broken. Something within us is broken. We don't want a relationship with God until we realize that this world is not perfect. But what we have to realize is, is that God is trying to do something. God has been speaking to Moses, saying, Moses, Moses, just like he's saying your name. He's saying, why will you not turn to me? Why will you not wake up? I'm showing you great signs and wonders if you'll just look to them. But you have to find the relation of what's going on. Because the true cosmic power in this whole universe is the one that is speaking your name. He is the lation, the glue that holds every relationship together. He is the thing that will drive us. He is the truth that will give us everything that we have. You see, what we have to do is truly hold on. Everyone on this planet has a heavenly father that wants to have a relationship with him. Not just an okay, trashy relationship that has no depth, height, or width, but one that is true. Even Ephesians 3 and 18 says, I pray that you will be able to understand how wide and how long and how high and how deep is his love for you. He wants a relationship with you. And he's the source and the hope of it all. But what God is trying to get us to do is to understand that we have to pursue him. To have a clear vision of who God is and no one else is able to ever equate to him. You see, God is saying that we need to have a cosmic move in our lives to take us places, to get us to not only move in one direction, in our direction, but to start pursuing after the one that has the ability to cascade events in around in our lives. To cascade. I married my wife and didn't know I was going to have five daughters. That's a cascade. You got married, you had all those kids too. And you're like, that's a cascade. But you don't realize it's a domino effect of every blessing that will come through it. A relationship has that ability. The same is true for the relationship with the Heavenly Father. We take Him in and we say, yes, Lord, be everything in me. Wrap me in your love. Show me who I am. Send me your spirit. Dwell within me. Let me be a temple of my God. And let me walk in that exalted holiness, Lord, as you move away all the filth and the wretchedness in my life. And let me pursue after it. Be the lation that's in my relationship. And let it be the thing that drives me. But what we struggle with this is that we want to have control. We struggle with it because we want to have control. Because if it doesn't go our way, we want to hold back the reins. Let me tell you right now, for 50 years, Christians have been praying 
that God would do the, uh, the, the craziest thing. He would overturn Roe versus Wade. For 50 years, they held on. For 50 years, we said, we want to see lives transformed. We want to see no more sacrifice of our babies. We want to see hope in this world again. And for 50 years, they could have got discouraged. They could have lost hope in all those aspects. But we saw what happens. We, we, we saw what God can do if we would just wait for him. If we would put our hope and our source in his nation. And right now, I'm truly praying that revival will spark in churches all over the city. That God would start removing the principalities of the demonicness that's influenced all sections of the lives around us. We want God to move. We want God to restore. We want God to change things. And God is in the habit of answering his prayers of his people. But that's only because of the lation, the cosmic ability within our hearts and our lives that God is trying to pursue after us. You see, the same God that spoke to Moses through the bush is the same God that is saying that you might have struggles with relationships with others because you don't have them in the middle. He's the one that's in it all. You just want to walk around and have a reship. You know what I'm saying? A reship. You take out the lation, you're just nothing but a reship. You want to have something that has no true value because you've not put God in it. See, Moses was not the leader of Israel without first encountering the lation. Why do you think the church is going to be any different? I know that's a hard word, pill to swallow. Why is it that we think that the church is going to have any ability to transform things if we are just a reship? If we're not willing to let the cosmic God come into us and change us and transform us. A real relationship has the ability to transform us, to make us greater, to do the mighty things within us. There's a reason why the disciples had relationships. They were able to transform because of what God was doing in and through them. I'm telling you right now, people, God is trying to speak through you because you could be his burning bush right now if you would let him have the cosmic ability to move in you, to move and transform within you, to change you. But what we have to do is start saying, God, I'm so done with my own ideas. I want you to do what it is to work within me. I want you to do what you need to do through me. I want you to do what's, with, 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 what's able to do within it. But it's going to come through the lation, not a reship. See, Moses fell the first time because he didn't have God leading him. He was a reship. Instead, what he was like, God, I remember what you were telling me to do, but I'm struggling because I'm a reship. But what we're called to be is a relationship. Lord, help me real quick. You see, we, we love those exalting parts. You, you know, where we, we're Pentecostal. We love the emotional ups. We love the worship that's like, oh, yes, I felt this spirit with goosebumps all over. And we have those moments. But what happens when it rubber meets the road and everything starts going on and we're like Moses in the wilderness and we're watching everything fall apart around us and God's saying go and we're like, God, I don't want to go because we're struggling. But God says, I'll, I'll send you, but I'm not going to go with you. We have to have the heart of like, like Moses and he says, God, if you're not with me, if you do not send your presence within me or with me through this journey, I do not want to go. 
I need the relation of my relationship to connect with. We've been jamming away things in our lives, putting headphones on, trying to drown out everything that we got. I know what I'm talking about because I do it to quiet my kids out. To put a little sense of focus on it. But we don't realize is what we're putting in our ears and what we're putting in our eyes and what we're putting in our mouths and all that we're adjusting is the thing that's quieting out the voice of the true nation. The thing that's going to drive you, the thing that's going to hold you, the thing that's going to gather you together. You see, what God told me to tell you today is, where can you go if you don't have him? What can you do if you don't have him? What can you deal with if you don't have him? I can tell you right now, I lived a life where I didn't put him in my life. I didn't have the relationship. I was just a reship. And I watched it have good days and bad days and ups and downs. And I didn't have anything strong. And all I found was I was like a ship getting tossed to and fro all about. And what God is saying is there are some people in this house that have been living their lives just like that. You're getting seasick because you don't have the relationship in there that's adding the weight that gives you the ballast to walk through this life, to float through every storm that will come upon you. You see, God is trying to say we need to have a real relationship, not just with our neighbors, not just with our spouses, but with our Heavenly Father. We need to start actually reading his word. We need to start praying to him. We need to start asking God to be the realization and the revelation in everything that we do. Right now, I can tell you I'm rejoicing that Roe versus Wade has been overturned. Because not because of the heart and the hurt that's going to happen, but because of the lives that are going to get transformed and we're going to see God's miracles come through because God is restoring and reviving something in this world today that we need to see. We need the real relationship, church. You don't realize it. This isn't even the main part of the message that God said to tell me you today. It's already noon, and I've got still 20 more pages to go. Are you ready? I better go short and sweet. You see, if we don't have a real relationship, guess what's going to happen? This ship is going to go... You see, God didn't give you the spirit of fear. God's not giving you a spirit of despair. God's not giving you a spirit of, 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 of selfish wants. No, he says, I give you a spirit of what? Come on. Power, love, yes, you guys know it all. God's giving you the spirit of self-realization of who God is to give you the ability to have that future and the hope to walk upright. You see, I felt so hurt and overwhelmed and I knew the enemy was going to attack me all week this week because of the real relationship. You don't realize it, church. God is setting up a move that we have not even understood or seen in the history books. But he's calling the church to the real relationship. To the hope that we would see lives transformed. Hope that people will get saved. Hope that people will come to understand who the Heavenly Father is. But it's only going to come if we're willing to have that real relationship with the Father. It's going to start within the church. It's not going to start outside. It's going to start with us pursuing after God with everything that we have. Because we're called to truly love God with all of our hearts, our minds, our soul, and our strength. And that's a hard thing to do sometimes. 
But we have to have the real relationship where he's the cosmic power that's beating our hearts within us to give us the ability to do the other part. To love our neighbor as ourselves. You see, those two things are hard, but the key to real relationship is that we should find our purpose. It's to find the key that, that God has got within us to not only just bless you, but bless those around you to see His relation transform around us. Church, we were never called to be self-isolating. And unfortunately, the church has gotten that way in many ways. And I've been encouraging you every single week to be the church outside, to be the church outside of the walls, because this building is not the church. You are. You have the ability to transform lives if you allow God to move within you. That's why Roe versus Wade is over. The ramification of what God is doing is still getting ready to be seen. And what we're going to see God do is the miraculous. But what I felt God speaking to my spirit all day long is that the church needs to do something more. Something far more transformation. It's called, we're called to be the light that has never been seen. One that cannot be hidden any longer. I don't want to be hidden any longer. My wife, she did the news this morning because I said, honey, do not hide who we are. We want to love people even in the uncertainty. We understand that premarital sex happens and that there's a ramification that can come through it. And it's a precious little bundle of joy that comes through it all. And we want to be the church that loves people. We want to be the church that steps up. We want to be the church that meets needs and shows people what true love is. We want to be a light that cannot be hidden. But guess what? Church, you've got to be the same. We cannot hide the light of Christ within us. That's the cosmic power. That's the burning bush within us that can be the thing that lets people know that God is real. See, Moses had to look at it and say, what is going on? I have to take my time and look at that bush. Let me tell you right now, your obedience to be that light is what's going to make people go, what is it in you that makes me take notice? And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's going to speak through them, and he's going to say, hey, you, you, you don't realize it, but you got power too. If you'll just pursue after me in that relationship and let the cosmic ability that goes in you be the thing that forms everything that you have. That's what brings relationships whole. That's what brings our relationships whole. That's what brings families back to Christ. That's what brings our husbands and our spouse or our wives back to Christ. That's what brings our kids into the fold. It's not bow beating them saying you gotta be religious. But it's letting that cosmic relation in you to be the driving force that empowers it through. If you'll stand with me. I don't know who needs to hear this. But do you have the lation? Do you have that true cosmic power in you? Or have you been struggling because you've been going, God, I've got this, i got this, but you need his real relationship. If that's you, just raise your hand. We'll pray with you, because God's got you. It's not a call for salvation. It's just a call that says, I want to be real, and I want to have that more deep relationship with God. Is there anybody? Hands all over. Lord, right now, I ask you to just come, Lord, and I ask you to just expose the truth. Holy Spirit, I ask you to just go on the mi minds of all those that raise their hands. 
I ask that you speak to them, Lord, and encourage them, Lord, to seek you, to let the cosmic ability of your love, Lord, come through us, Lord, and be the light that shines so boldly that makes people want to take notice. But let it be the thing that transforms us, not burns us away, but transforms us into something greater, something more powerful, a true relationship with you, Lord, that's going to have the ability to unlock the kingdom of heaven on this earth as it comes, Lord, and as it starts seeing souls transformed. But Lord, just encourage them, Lord, even in the small moments, Lord, let them have you. And God, Lord, right now I ask you to just come, Lord, into this church those that are watching on the live stream, those that have seen this message, those that have been going, what is he talking about, elation? Let them understand that there is a God that loves them, that wants to pursue after them, that wants to seek after everything that they have and to, just to show them their value. Lord, we've watched this world go crazy, but Lord, I ask you just let there be a clarity and a unity within the minds of all who are here. Let there be a clarity in minds of all those that they encounter. Let there be a clarity in your, in your spirit to go through them, Lord, and let it be the dividing thing that dis, dis, destroys all arguments against your truth. But God, we need you to come, Lord. Lord, right now, we praise you for what you've done. We praise you that you're moving in this nation, that you've been finally moving upon this nation, Lord, and bringing apart a new true revival, Lord, that's going to spark, Lord, from all these churches, that we're going to see lives transformed. Even those that hate us, Lord, those that would want to do bad to us, Lord, we want to love them, Lord, to let them see you move on them and transform them, Lord. I truly believe that not one should be perished, Lord, but that all should have the ability to come to know you and proclaim that you are Lord. But God, we need you to be the God that's in us, Lord. Let us have the real relationship with the Heavenly Father, the cosmic God that formed everything in the creation, Lord, that is sparking new lights within us, new hopes within us, new dreams within us, new purposes within us. God, I ask you to move upon this church and let it be what you need it to be, God. Speak to us and guide us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray.